Since the dawn of recorded history, we've been inventing the future one step at a time. So let's travel back in time together. I'll show you how our ancestors created the world we know today. And then it will be your turn to create the world of tomorrow. Sorry, Simba. But you know, on you, the wet look doesn't look so bad. No. Did you remember to turn off those robots? Body probe Zulu 174 is ready for boarding in bay number one. W Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 580, and I'm here once again to not only help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience when you go to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic, not just with the podcast, but with my live video broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, videos, blog, special events, and more. Whether it's your first time visiting or you've been to the parks hundreds of times, whether you're planning a vacation or love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something in the show for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. If you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you. Please go back and check out some or all the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. Please subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and you can find everything else at www.radio.com. So I'm going to open up the inbox again this week and answer more of your questions. But first, we're going to start with a review of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. We'll then discuss happily ever after fireworks dessert parties, taking pictures on attractions, Tokyo Disneyland and Disney Sea must-dos, Epcot construction, future transportation options in Walt Disney World, can't miss Disneyland, and a Disney cruise you've probably never taken or maybe even heard of. Walt Disney World Moonlight Cruise. I'll then announce the winner of last week's $100 Disney gift card contest and have a new contest for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have more information about our next WW Radio Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World. Our next WW Radio very, very special event coming up early next year. I'll also have details on and open up tickets for my Momentum Weekend Retreat this summer and my Momentum Weekend Workshop this fall in Walt Disney World. And then I have your voicemails, a few more announcements and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. This show has grown, uh, evolved, yet I think really remained the same because it is and always has been about you and not just what I can share with you, but do for you and things we can do together and really have you not just be a passive listener, but really part of the show and more importantly, part of our WW Radio family. And together, we really accomplish that in many different ways from our very friendly, very welcoming group on Facebook that, too, has evolved from discussion forums back in 2004 to 
Facebook, because it's not about where we are, but the community you have created. I just built the clubhouse. You populate it. To in-person events and meetups and cruises and adventures and social conversations and really me trying to help you any way I and really collectively we can help each other. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to give you a place and a resource to answer your questions, whether it's about an upcoming trip, Disney history, opinions, or just a conversation about a fun topic of your choice. And so once again, we will open up the mailbag and your letters, which sounds like the oldest thing I could possibly say, and not only help you, but hopefully, probably others who are listening if you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can always email me, lou at www.radio.com. But before we dive in, I, of course, wanted to invite someone back who can help as well. If you've listened before, you know her, you hopefully dig her and book your trips through her at mousefantravel.com. She is royalty in her own right and mind, my friend and yours, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. It, it seems like it's just been, what, hours since we saw each other? It has. I count them. <laughs> I count the hours that we are apart in somewhat I of a know. celebratory manner. But we did. We just saw each other um, IRL, as the kids like to say, um, in Walt Disney World, <laughs> uh, of all places. Well, you know, it's amazing that we both show up there at the same time. I don't know how that happens. Yeah, we're usually on planes and boats and and other modes of transportation, often at times in opposite directions. But as the fates would have it, we did descend on uh, Walt Disney World, specifically Disney's Hollywood Studios. And actually, I want to start with uh, really a discussion and a general question that I've been getting a lot on social multiple times over the past week or so. And it was about something that we did together, which was Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, It opened on March 4th, um, but I was away speaking, but got to come back. You were there. I was there. We got together and rode together. And like everything we do, it's, you know, better with friends. So I wanted to maybe share some of our initial reactions and thoughts uh, about the newest and only, by the way, uh, Mickey Mouse theme which it still yeah. fascinates me as a disney history say, what's buff up with that it's fascinating that? because it, it's crazy it's crazy i mean there was at one point the mickey mouse review in Fantasyland, uh where eventually the lion king was and and uh, now mickey's philhar magic is so mickey has always been a he's been a star of an attraction before but never one i guess it was really themed about him and now Minnie specifically and that was what was so cool about it. I remember when it was first announced, I kind of sat there and went, what? How is that possible for all of the theme parks in all directions? And all of this time, Minnie and Mickey not having, especially Mickey not having their own attraction, it just didn't seem possible. And <clears throat> I got to say, it was worth the wait, in my opinion. Um, while it's been, what, 92 years since Mickey's been around? Definitely worth the wait. This attraction to me is charming and a adorable and delightful and all the happy things even even the earworm song makes me happy and i still giggle and i was actually it was in my head this morning um which kind of brought me back to that uh to that feeling that i had when i wrote it for the very first time which is very cool and one thing i really enjoyed was 
I had written it before you did, and I got to watch your face going through it for the very first time, too. So I'm really interested to hear what you thought. Yeah, so, you know, this is one of the these attractions that, you know, let's sort of take it back a step first. When they announce the closing of something like The Great Movie Ride, there is this, this emotional outcry, which is not a bad thing because I think, I think it's a testament to the love and the passion that we as Disney fans have, not just for this place and the people, but these longtime beloved attractions. Look, The Great Movie Ride, for all intents and purposes, was the hallmark, the keynote attraction of Disney's Hollywood Studios. And when you say you're going to take it away for reasons that are understandable, right? A lot of kids might not know what Alien is, right? They don't know, (laughs) God forbid, they don't know what Wizard of Oz is. And it's an attraction that's almost impossible to keep updated and and quote-unquote fresh. You're sad to see it go, but you're excited about what's to come next. And I think part of the fun was the conversation about, you know, what is this going to be? They teased us a little bit about technology. Kevin Rafferty over and over again was just wait till you hear the song. Wait till you hear the song. Kevin, I get it. (laughs) So I've heard the song and I totally understand what you mean. But there's that fear and trepidation, right? Well, you know, what version of Mickey are they going to use, right? It's it's Mm -hmm. based on these um, these newer shorts, which may have a disconnect for an older generation like myself, but is very much relatable to a younger one. I know there was a lot of people that had concern about that. Spoiler alert, let me allay those fears. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the attraction and the, and then some of our thoughts. right? And, and this is going to be a completely spoiler-free because there really are a lot of potential spoilers in here. The, the mm-hmm. story is really, uh, it's a brand new story uh, by Imagineering produced by Disney Television Animation called Perfect Picnic. And uh, Mickey and Minnie are setting out on a journey to find the best spot for a wonderful, romantic, yet very innocent and friendly picnic, taking their little red convertible, which now in my mind I'm hearing Prince singing Little Red Corvette, for a drive through uh, a place called Runamuck Park. Of course, it's Disney. Something has to go not so horribly wrong. Uh, Pluto... stowed away in the trunk and when the car hits a bump and the dog flies out it's chaos and it's mayhem and oh by the way goofy is the engineer and the conductor of your train things are going to go go wrong things are going to go wrong very very quickly (laughs) but you really do in a literal and figurative sense pre-show i'm talking to you you enter the screen um into this cartoon world and you sort of you know engineer goofy takes you on this train ride following mickey and minnie through the park and there's a there's a wild west and there's a carnival and there's a a room that's fantastic and it's it's (laughs) truly it's a 4d type of experience um there's a volcano there's an amazing waterfall effect the thing that i love about this the, the first thing that I felt, and I think you might have even used the word, was it's charming. It, it's mm-hmm. super charming. The word I kept hearing thrown about on social was how fun it is. And this is absolutely a a family-friendly, something the entire family can ride together, which makes me think of Walt, right, as, an, as I do for a lot of these attractions, because Walt wanted Disneyland to be a place where families can have fun together. So grandma, grandpa, and your four-year-old and everyone in between are able to ride this attraction with no fears of uh, it being, you know, 
motion sickness or scary. I mean, I really applaud them for making something that was fun and exciting without having to worry about a lot of those concerns that the family could not ride together. Yeah, this is definitely designed with families in mind. Um, what I really liked about it was at first I was thinking the Grauman Chinese Theater, right? Why would you have a Mickey ride in, in the theater? And it makes total sense now because we're going into the theater to see the short perfect picnic. So you're literally going into the theater and you're going to stand in front of the screen and you're going to watch this wonderful Mickey short in front of you. And then somehow you are pulled into that cartoon world. And I was thinking about it about the third time that I wrote, I went, I guess this is what it felt like to be in the middle of the Roger Rabbit uh, movie. <laughs> I guess you were <laughs> just kind of taken from being a, a human into the, into the cartoon world. And it, it, it then kind of pours out all around you because that trackless ride system is so smooth and not having a track in front of you. It's much like we talked about rise. You don't know what direction you're going to go at any given time. Um, you're moving forward and then all of a sudden you're kind of moving sideways and then maybe you might be moving backwards. And uh, it, it's very chaotic in a fun, um, vibrant uh, atmosphere for me. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's, there's a lot about this um, that I was interested in and enjoyed seeing you, you talked about this um, it being at the Chinese theater. Um, the other thing I thought about too, cause I was able to ride twice was I rode in the front with you and then I rode in the back again later on by myself, two completely different experiences um, in terms of what you can see. Um, you mentioned the, the sort of that trackless whirlwind type room, which made me think of mystic Manor in yes. Hong Kong Disneyland. <laughs> so when we say it's a 4D attraction, it's not just things you are going to see and hear, but feel again, not in any sort of a way that would be uncomfortable or disruptive to anyone. Yeah. Um, and when I ride these attractions, especially a new one, I, I, I look at them through a lot of different lenses, right? So I look at it as, you know, a dad taking his kids uh, as a Disney fan, as a Disney history fan, as also I look to try and see some of the hidden details that are throughout, and especially with an attraction based on Mickey Mouse, the theater and its history, both in Hollywood as well as in um, uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, I was really trying to look with a keen eye. And we were riding. I said, I'm not going to take pictures. I'm not going to do video. But I couldn't help. I had to take my phone. I was like dictating notes to myself because that's how we'd see things <laughs> along the way because there's so many fantastic Easter eggs. So even in the queue, there are hidden Mickeys um, to be found. Some are mm -hmm. a little bit more difficult to find than others. <clears throat> look up into the light fixtures. But there's a lot of other, and I won't necessarily tell you where they are, but I did want to give you a couple because if you get a chance to ride for your first or your next time, because the line did move uh, very, very quickly, where we were hearing posted wait times were about 60 to 90 minutes, and those were either pretty accurate or even you people were waiting less than that. But there are so many amazing nods to Disney history in there, which I appreciate and applaud the Imagineers for. So I'll give you a couple that I want you to look out for the next time you, Becky, and you, my friend, ride. There's a newspaper uh, located somewhere in the attraction or queue that has the headline, 
Oswald Wins, which is obviously a record, uh, reference right. to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, uh, who, which predated Mickey Mouse. There's also a, um, a water treatment plant called the iWorks and UWorks Water Treatment Plant, and it's named for Disney legend of iWorks, who is sort of credited with sketching Mickey Mouse for the first time. Look for the 1401 Flower Shop, which is a uh, it pays homage to the address for uh, Imagineering Headquarters on 1401 Flower Street in Glendale. You can also find 1901 and 1928 in the attraction as well, Mickey, uh, Walt and Mickey's birth years. There's a great movie ride poster in one scene. And I was just, if you saw me smiling, Becky, that's <laughs> yes. probably what I saw. There's also references to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And this is somewhat obscure and it, and it kind of go with me here, but there is that one sort of wind-based scene in the attraction, which to me was... I think that 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 room and that scene also pay homage not just to the the Fantasia wind scene that you got near the end of the Great Movie Ride, but originally the Great Movie Ride plans were to have a twister scene from Wizard of Oz in there, and there's a, a number of reasons why it didn't happen. One of which was was budget. In terms of what Disney would have to pay MGM to license the rights to use additional scenes and characters, etc., from Wizard of Oz. So that was cut. So when you went into the final scene of the Great Movie Ride in that Fantasia room, when you sort of felt that wind spinning around, that was actually supposed to be a much larger scene, a much more fuller and rich. It's a twister. It's a twister scene from <laughs> the uh, the Wizard of Oz. And I almost think that that scene in here, you know, for whether it's Imagineers or or fans of the Great Movie Ride, is a, is a very very subtle nod and tribute to what almost was. Uh, but I think yeah. this embodies all of the requisite elements of a classic and quintessential Disney family ride. It's completely accessible. It's full of surprises. It's a ton of fun. It's absolutely innovative and it really is a a wonderful adventure that anybody can enjoy. I totally agree. And in that room that you were talking about a moment ago that we're trying not to spoil too much about, there's also another nod to the great movie ride in there. A little, a little Easter egg that I have um, been told about. So I'm going to go back. I'm hoping to find that and I can point that one out. So it's not the, it's not the poster. No. Poster's one of them. Apparently there are three. There are three nods to the great movie ride throughout the ride. So it's it's incredibly cool. And then there's also Retla and Yedsen in there too that are placed in places. So I think they really went overboard on hidden Mickeys and Easter eggs in this one, which makes it even more fun. Uh, because even the first couple of times you go on, you still don't feel like you saw everything. Yeah. It's another one of those rides where your your head is going to the left and the right and up and down and you're you're going to completely see something new each time you go on there because there's so many little teeny details uh that that are going to c- completely uh take your attention and really fanciful which gives you a, a great rewritability factor to yes. it and and where you sit i mean it's where it you matters. sit does sort of make a little bit of a difference um mm-hmm. but i but you're right in terms of especially some of the rooms 
you're right, your head is sort of on a swivel because you're trying to see everything going on all at once and you can't. Um, my kids wrote it um, separately from me. My daughter went with one of her friends. Now, to put this in context, my daughter is 16 years old, so you would think that there's a certain level of skepticism or be. She, as she was telling me about it last night, she was grinning ear to ear how she and her friend had so much fun that they wrote it twice. They were willing to get back online and write it twice, which I think is fascinating that, you know, you would think at that age range, oh, is this really the top? It, it's hitting yeah, it on all cylinders <laughs> for all ages and demographics, which I love. And I really appreciated that it opened with FastPass accessibility. I, I think that that was very um, unique in this ter- current time period where things are opening and they're not allowing fast passes technically, but this one was open right away. So it made it a little bit easier to um, to get in and to enjoy it, which uh, I hope that that trend continues. And kudos to Disney. Uh, I was not there on opening day when I did see pictures. I've talked to people who were. There was shade for the exterior queue. There mm-hmm. were fans blowing air and there was cold there was free cold water um throughout so to keep people comfortable while they were waiting but again don't be um uh, the line moves like because of the the load system and and again it's it's um it is accessible as well even the way they the they load the accessible vehicles they have a really good system in terms of loading and unloading so that line moves very, very well. And obviously, once you get inside the theater itself, um, it's air-conditioned. There's lots of neat things to see uh, yeah. in there, too. So, um, Total, you know, um, hats off to both Kevin Rafferty and Sharita Carter and, and their teams on this one. Uh, because we'd heard about it, got excited about it, wasn't exactly sure what to think about it. Literally, I got off that thing, and I was just giggling like a little kid. And the merchandise, too. I, I want to just touch on that really quickly. The... Um, Chuby the bird. Let's let's just talk about one of my new favorite cute little things that I have to buy in stuffed animal form. Apparently, uh, the story goes that uh, it was initially supposed to be Chubby the bird because it is kind of he looks like he's had one one or two little snacks. Um, he's he's rather fluffy. Are you talking about the bird? Or are you talking about me? I'm trying to just. I want to be clear. <laughs> Well, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, Chubby the bird, apparently what happened was he was supposed to be chubby. And somewhere in there, somebody misspelled it and put two U's instead of two B's and they kept it. So (laughs) somewhere through the Imagineering line, they just kept it that way, thought it was cuter. And now he's now he or she. I'm not exactly sure if it's a he or she, but Chubby the bird is something that now I have to go and I have to buy one for my office because it's just a thing. Um, the the one thing that I did enjoy too was how many tritone, tritone whistles do you have in your house right now? Um, they are under lock and key. Unfortunately, my <laughs> kids are old enough where it's not going to – look, the, the, the whistles and, and like you said, the merchandise is great. They have some of the wishables. They have yeah. um, pins and ornaments and, and all that kind of stuff. I think I think you know is um is Chuby is Chuby the child part two maybe not yet but you know because he's not super prevalent in the attraction I only saw him yeah. at the beginning and the end um he's almost more um he's he's not part of the background but he's also part of the um the backstory and you do see and hear him singing or her singing um a little bit but my kids are not of the age but I do. 
I, if you want to listen, you want a gift that's going to keep on giving all year long. If you know somebody who's driven to Walt Disney World and has kids, maybe between the ages of like three and seven, give them a couple of train whistles in the back seat because mom and dad are going to love that. <laughs> I think I'm going to probably buy some of those for like my god, my god kids, <laughs> just to drive their parents crazy. <laughs> you're a, you're a mean and horrible person for doing that. But the the other thing that I really loved too that I was drawn to in the in the, the gift shop that you're obviously spilled out into when you leave um, were the designer collection ears. So the ears that are are being um, uh, created by various artists and Imagineers, and of course Kevin Rafferty came up with the ones that were based on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And I need to be able to say that four times fast. <laughs> That's a lot to spit out, by the way. So MMRR. Um, but the, the ears were so adorable and so cute. And it's got the picnic scene on top of them. And yeah, I had to come home with a pair of those. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, you know, to sort of wrap things up in a bow, it is a fun, family-friendly, repeatable attraction that I think really has, it almost has an A storyline and a B storyline, right? There's the mm-hmm. A storyline of you following along Mickey and Minnie and, and Pluto and Goofy. And there's also that B storyline of not just looking for Chuby, but looking for and having fun by yourself or with your family, trying to find some of those nods, some of those many, many Easter eggs um, that I think as time goes on, we'll start to see that there's even more of layered throughout the queue as well as the attraction. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, it's one of those ones now that I'm looking forward to riding again. I, th- I think it's going to be one of the attractions that I make a bayline for when I get there just to get that giggle factor. I definitely want to hear from you who's sitting with us uh, chatting about Runaway Railway. If you have had a chance to ride as yet, let me know your thoughts. If you haven't, um, are you looking forward to it and and uh, share your comments about it? Go to www.radio.com slash community. I will post uh, in there asking for your opinions on Runaway Railway. But again, so far, the um, the, the the people who have ridden have spoken and Fun is just the word that keeps coming back over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's move on. I'm going to, like I said, open up the uh, the Pony Express mailbag here. And the first Why am email. I'm so nervous right now. Because I never tell you what these are ahead of I don't know what these are ahead of time. Crazy. So, okay. so but I think this is fun because I think this um Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's a it's a mystery mailbag. We don't know what's coming. Um if we answer it somewhat correctly, it might sound like we know what we're talking about, which is even better. So uh, the first one is from Dylan Gamble, who says, hey, hope you are both doing well. I think he means you oh, and I. I going, how sweet is that? Going to the experts on this one, but my family is looking to go on a big family trip in January 2021. And this will be my in-laws first time. They were supposed to go with this last trip, but sadly they couldn't. My question is this. I'm thinking of booking the happily ever after dessert party, the seated location at the Tomorrowland Terrace. And my question is, does everybody get the same seating view for it? Or is the chance you're going to get placed in the back and miss out on the view? I don't want to scare my in-laws with the big fireworks crowd. And I think this would be a really special thing to give them, but don't want them to be disappointed with a bad view. Hope you two can help us. Thank you for everything you can do. Dylan, um, so Happily Ever After Fireworks um, actually recently has a Becky for you, probably a very, very welcome change to it. Admittedly, I have never actually done 
What? The Happily Ever After Fireworks. Um, really? I have not had a chance. Yeah, there was an event that I missed um, where they were going to do it. So I, I haven't actually done the full dessert party with my family. Yet. I think I'm waiting for a celebration to to go and take mm-hmm. them with. Uh, this basically, if you don't know what the Happily Ever After Dessert Party is, it does take place in Magic Kingdom at Tomorrowland Terrace. It's a great way to finish off your evening, uh, not just with the bang of the fireworks, but with desserts. And now, as of February 1st, there are alcoholic beverage options, Becky Mankin. Wow, look hmm. at you celebrating. You're, you're, I don't know what <laughs> dance it is that you're doing over there, but please huh. stop it. So there is now a, um, there are alcoholic beverage options. So you have this uh, dessert buffet and there's things like chocolate dipped strawberries there's character themed desserts there's hand scooped ice cream create your own cookies and cupcakes there's a toffee cake s'mores as well as savory snacks like egg rolls and spinach dip there's also uh, sparkling cider hot chocolate lemonades coffee tea etc and now for uh, guest 21 and over you do have a selection of beer and wine. Now he talked about that the standing versus sitting option. There are there are two different ways you can participate in the dessert party. You can do a standing option in the Plaza Garden, where you can sit at the Tomorrowland Terrace, and both of them include the buff, the buffet. The Plaza Garden view is $79 for adults. It's $47 for kids three to nine, which is up just a couple of dollars. Um, that does not include beer and wine. The Tomorrowland Terrace view is $99 for adults, $59 for um, kids as well. And then beer and wine are included with that option. Now, I've watched fireworks, Becky, from Tomorrowland Terrace before. You may or may not know, I'm not the tallest guy in the world, <laughs> but I've never really found that there is a bad view. And what I've seen as I walked by the dessert party and and looked in longingly at the the savory desserts, which I was not participating in, it did seem the way they had all of the seats was, you know, obviously lined up by the railing facing out towards the fireworks. Yeah. You know what? I've seen some of the tables that are set farther back. I think there's pros and cons for both choices. And looking at the Tomorrowland Terrace, it does have an overhang, but you can certainly get up and move around to see those. But most of the seating, if I remember correctly, is kind of up at the very front of that overhang. So you do have a view of the fireworks and it shouldn't be that much of an issue. Um, It is set off to the side. So the other, the standing location in the gardens, you're more center. So I think you would get a, maybe a a better viewing experience from being in that location. Um, But of course you're not sitting. So I I think that it's the sitting and relaxing and being in closer proximity to the food (laughs) versus uh, being over in the gardens area where you've got a more center location and maybe not, um, not as crowded in that location but um being able to see see it from center but you're standing instead so i think it's more of a personal decision of of what uh what appeals to you and i do believe that the there there's not um all the tables at the tomorrowland terrace are rounds of of four i could probably fit five or six but there's rounds of four up against the railing so you're not going to be you know two or three people deep and having to worry about having the overhang blocking your view. They don't, what I mean by that too is 
this is not something that is oversold. And if you don't get a good spot, you're not going to be able to see the fireworks. Right. Um, it is there is a limited number of uh, tickets that are available. So obviously, space is limited. You should make reservations um, as far in advance as um, you can. There are very, very, very rare occasions that if it's not if it's a bad storm and lightning and thunder, they might. Um, reschedule the fireworks, but you can mm-hmm. they'll still do the dessert party, but I haven't heard of that happening. Um, and I've never, and I really haven't heard anybody say, I did the Tomorrowland Terrace side and I couldn't see the fireworks. I, I had a bad seat because we, everybody yeah. is up right in front. Exactly. I think it's more to being off to the side versus, you know, being at, at almost center to see the show, but you're going to see the fireworks regardless. And it, it's a really good show. And you know, who could say no to desserts? Yeah. I kind of dig sometimes because sometimes I'll watch not from the hub, but I'll watch from the yeah. Tomorrowland Bridge because I like the angle of the castle and watching the fireworks that come up from far behind the castle. It really gives you a different perspective in terms mm-hmm. of where they are launched from. And I sort of like that um, three-quarter view of the castle, especially if you are a photographer. You get some pretty good shots that way oh that would be because you have the water right in front of you too so you would have that that beautiful reflection which would be really cool view as well all right so clay nash says my partner and i are eagerly awaiting our honeymoon after all that annoying wedding (laughs) after all that annoying wedding nonsense he says and are (laughs) are wanting to be even more adorable than we usually are clay i like you already we picked (laughs) we picked up a fuji film intax Intax Mini 9 instant camera to take really cute pictures and selfies, and I found that the flash cannot be turned off. Isn't it funny, by the way, we have these amazing cameras in our phones, and people are going back like, I want something that prints out a piece of relatively grainy little thing that I can hang on my wall. My, my daughter's the same way. <laughs> um, I know that many attractions ask that guests refrain from flash photography, but I'm also wondering if there are any, we're taking pictures, is more acceptable. I don't want to be a bother to other park goers and hope that you can send some light, LOL, he says, on the subject. Um, so, Clay, thank you. Congratulations on your upcoming honeymoon to Walt Disney World. If they say that there is no flash photography, you're asking if there are places that are more acceptable. The answer is very simple. No, absolutely no, never. Um, it really is for your benefit, the enjoyment of other guests, depending if there are live cast members there as well. Um, you know, I, 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 as somebody who wants to, who understands that you want to capture certain elements of an attraction, sort of take those home and be able to look back on it with you. I'm also a believer in even as many times as I've been experiencing the attractions through your own eyes, as opposed to, to a lens or a filter or a a viewfinder. Um, If it says no, it's no, and there's a reason for it. And chances are, look, if you're using that type of an instant camera, if you're you're in the Haunted Mansion, your pictures are not going to turn out great anyway. So (laughs) unless you have a high-end camera with, you know, an amazing shutter speed and you can really, you know, work the technology of the camera appropriately where you don't need to have a flash, I really wouldn't um, worry about it as well. Um, and I've even seen, you know, things like at, um, I was at Candlelight earlier this year and a person in, in the row behind me was taking pictures and videotaping it and maybe didn't, didn't even realize that 
um, her light was on on her camera, and a cast member came over and asked them to turn off that light because it was distracting to the cast members who were trying to perform. So it's for the benefit of the cast. It's certainly for your benefit, and, and again, the courtesy of the people around you as well. Yeah, that's one of my pet peeves. I, I will I'll be quite honest, is especially on some of those attractions where you're in a vehicle, like even Haunted Mansion, where you're moving around to all of a sudden you're facing the other way. And then somebody with a flash um, flashes in your face and you can't see the attraction for about a minute. Um, Yeah. If they say not to use it, please don't. (laughs) I would certainly thank you. And I'm sure the people all around you would thank you. I know it can be a a pain when you want to get that perfect shot, but maybe setting up your, your cute and awesome pictures can be outdoors uh, where it's not going to be distracting and, or in flashing in somebody else's eyes that would be very appreciated by people like me <laughs> yeah all right let's move on to a question from ann lisi who says my husband and i are going to japan <gasps> japan what? for 10 days in october with the help of our awesome mei travel agent naturally Yay! and ow with the way the scheduling worked ow. out did you just you, say ow did you did, <laughs> yes we will have one day each at tokyo disney disneyland oh, wow. and at tokyo disney sea of course, we want to see Becky's moaning like that's not enough. Of course, we <laughs> want to see absolutely as much as possible, but we're really wow. focused on the stuff that's unique to the Tokyo parks. We've been to Disneyland and to Walt Disney World. So what attractions and we can we safely skip without any FOMO? A Becky, FOMO is fear of missing out. That's what the kids yeah. like to say. What's one <laughs> thing we absolutely should not miss in either park? Oh, and what's your top restaurant and snack suggestion? Thank you so much, Anne Lisi from Chicago. And this is a show, listen, for the next three hours, we're going to (laughs) answer that question because I know Becky and I, our feelings (laughs) about Japan are the the mutual love and admiration society for those two parks is very, very, very high. So what is, so Becky, basically what she's saying is what can they skip without any FOMO? What could they absolutely not miss? So what's one thing they shouldn't miss in either park? And what's one thing that you think they should either place to visit to go eat or snack that they should have? Okay, I'm going to start with, let's start with Tokyo Disneyland. Because there's one ride, the moment you say that, there's one ride that I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, that you absolutely <laughs> have to go on no matter what. And if when you... When you told me that we had to before we went, I was like, what are you talking about? But in all honesty, you got to go on poo. Yeah. You got that. If you're going to do anything, if you can only ride one ride in that park, it would be poo. And it, which reminds me a lot of the ride that we were just talking about a few minutes ago, as a matter of fact. But I I still cannot wrap my, my brain around how whimsical and wonderful and fun that ride was and the technology around it. And if you say, yeah, you got to go on poo. We think about the, the poo rides that are here. This is nothing like it. It is completely different. That would be the one ride that I would say you have to go on. Yeah. So I'm with you. Poo's honey hut. I felt the same way. People like, dude, stop what you're doing. Cause I'm, you need to go to fantasy land and rise poo's honey hut. I see why um, it was one of the most fun, like, and then the, even the gift shop, like the gift shop is cavernous. It's amazing. 
and the love yeah. that Japanese get, visitors have for for Pooh's Honey Hut, I get. Um, I, there was a lot of hugging of Pooh plushes on my part on no, the way in and on the way out. You wouldn't let go of that. You would not give I up wouldn't. that poor little bear. I, I wouldn't. Um, so, so let's just very quickly let's just take a park by park. So Tokyo Disneyland. Um, I think I, I agree that Pooh's Honey Hut is something that you have to do in, in terms of what can you skip. This is really hard because there's a lot of attractions that by name are similar. I think Tokyo Disneyland is sort of the best of the best of the best of attractions from around the world. Um, You almost don't want to because there are some subtle differences here and there. So like Peter Pan's flight here is a little bit different than the Peter Pan's flight elsewhere. You know, even the carousel is different. Like there's there's little bits of things that that are different well, I'm yeah, trying to pick something that's just like have, easy. Like they just only have e- one day. I know. Um, <laughs> it's so hard. Like I would almost skip the haunted mansion, and I can't believe yeah. those words are coming out of my mouth because it really is. It's it's almost exactly mm-hmm. the same as the Walt Disney World version, and I love that attraction. I, I I hate to say to skip it, but there's a lot of attractions in Tokyo Disneyland. Um, Maybe Star Tours, you know, like I, I could, yeah. you know, could skip Star Tours. Um, yeah, but there's, yeah, even like even Small World is different. So, you know, maybe Alice's Tea Party. Maybe you don't need to ride the, the spinning tea. You know, <laughs> trying to find the ones that are sort of the most, you know, quote unquote sort of basic-ish of. Yeah, of, was, wasn't Buzz Lightyear's was about the same too, wasn't it? Yeah, Um it is, but but there are some of those subtle differences, um, and the fact that you know I, I don't know if you guys do. Becky and I don't speak the language, so it makes it even more fun having no idea what Buzz Lightyear is saying in Japanese. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I I think that that would be the answer. Um, and now, what about over in Tokyo Disney Sea? What is what is a <laughs> oh what is gosh. a can't this miss, is... and what is a it's okay if you skip it. Oh my god! You just asked a very difficult, horrific question. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to answer this for you because you can't skip anything. You really but can't. He, There's uh, nothing in uh, maybe Toy Story Mania, like because it it's basically the same. Yeah. Turtle Talk is going to be in Japanese, so you can have some fun with that. But I mean, everything else. It, the lands are different. The attractions are different. They're not, for the most part, yeah. based on, look, you're not going to skip anything in Mediterranean Harbor. The Fortress Explorations, the Transit Seamer, the Gondola, Soren is spectacular. Go just for the pre-show. Oh, Trust yeah. me on this. Journey to the Center of the Earth, 20,000 leagues. You're not skipping any of those. Mermaid Lagoon, I maybe you can skip some of the attractions that are maybe geared towards younger people, but you Just know, walk through. maybe, maybe scuttle scooters through. and the jumping jellyfish. But the, some of the other ones, I think that you have to go to. Um, all right, Jasmine's flying carpets in Arabian Coast is is really it's a carousel, but it's a double decker carousel, so you have to go ride it just for that. Um, Indiana Jones, Raging Spirits, like. The railway, which are unique, so you can't miss those. Right, Nemo and Friends, Tower of Terror, Oive. If you listen to my last episode about the SEA, go ride it just for that. Um, yeah, skip nothing. 
Skip nothing. <laughs> really, skip nothing except We're maybe so some of the right kitty now. attractions in Mermaid Lagoon. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And what's the one thing that they have to ride? If there's only like something happens and you can only ride one, what? Which one is it? Wow. See, this one I really want to think through more because there's so many. Oh my gosh. I mean, you can't even miss the gondolas. <laughs> You, know, gondolas, I, I know. you can't really miss that. It's it's a simple attraction. Um, I, I think it has to be Journey to the Center of the Earth or 20,000 Leagues because there's nothing like those anywhere. Yeah, I was going between the two. I think uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth is probably the number one for me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you have to go through the queue at Tower of Terror because that's got all the SEA stuff. And right. you you have to – the cute little um, uh, the, the little saucer rides in the water is a lot of fun. I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head. Aquatopia. Yeah. There, there's so many very unique experiences there that if you're going to be add, – add days. There yeah, we go. That's, that's my answer. Right. Just, <laughs> you need to. <laughs> you can't do this in just in just two days between two parks. I, I think the first time you and I went, we were there for four days and still felt like we didn't even scrape the surface. And so. we didn't spend a lot of time in Tokyo Disneyland either. No. We, were only we spent most of day. our time in, in Disney Sea. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in terms yeah. of, of places to eat, there are many. And eat like Carts. you could <laughs> – Gosh, like even Tokyo say, Disney Sea, we like we yeah. literally just spent a day. We we just ate like the entire <laughs> way through, um, because look, and even and I think we pretty much only did. And Becky, I know this was a, a tough stretch for you. Only counter service restaurants. We didn't even eat at like Magellan's for Mm-mm. a sit down meal. That's how good they are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know what my answer is already. Edith Carts. No, it's Volcania. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, because we keep going back there. <laughs> Edith Volcania, because the food, yes. in terms of, look, forget it, in terms of ambiance and theme, it is far and away for me the, the number one counter service location. Um, it literally looks like it was carved out of rocks. It's themed after 20,000 leagues under the sea. The food is fantastic even mm-hmm. becky could eat there i mean there was you know things as simple as sort of a um like a, a fried chicken like uh uh chashu and and but there's dumplings and there's seasonal food and yep. you know um fantastic you know uh japanese and, and asian cuisine in there and then you sit outside under the overhang and you watch the subs go by and listen and watch the mountain erupt and the coaster come down it's just it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's great for it's great for people watching too. And this this tells you how much we thought about this. When we went the first time, we ate there twice. And then when we returned a year <laughs> later, we only could eat in one restaurant and we went back to the exact same restaurant because it was so good with lots of options and we were with a, a pretty uh, large group of people with us, maybe 8 or 9 of us. Yeah. And that had something for everybody. So I think you're right. I would I would definitely go with that. So what about in Disneyland? Like, where would you eat oh, if they could boy. only eat in one place? Again, same thing at Disneyland. You don't have to sit down to eat anywhere because the food yeah. is so good. Um, I think the Queen of Hearts Banquet Hall 
is just a cool place to go and eat. Um, I walked in there just to take pictures because it was such cute, the design and all of the um, decorations and all of the, uh, the guards, the card guards. It, it's such a fun, whimsical place to hang out in. I think I've also so the hungry bear is is very very popular. That's really good. Um, there's a ramen. Grandma Sarah's kitchen is another place. If you want to sort of eat literally like inside Splash Mountain, Grandma Sarah's kitchen. Um, gosh, there's a lot. I mean, there's there's a lot of really really good. Yeah, they've um, got a Blue Bayou there too. That is always it's very popular. They have the Huey Dewey and Louie Good Time Cafe, which I just dig the name of it too. Like. When we're saying that you need to extend your trip and stay longer, it's not, not even for the attractions. Like, I'm not kidding. There's that much to do. Um, again, this could be, and it actually has been, a longer conversation. Um, and I, I invite you and you, listener, to go back to show 568 and 569 where we recapped our adventures by Disney to Japan, uh, including on 569, our discussion of Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. I also want to direct you over to the WW Radio blog. Uh, we have an author there by the name of Daniel Morris, uh, who lives um, in Japan and has been doing some amazing work on not just Tokyo Disneyland, but the Asian Disney parks, like five things I'd like to see added to the Asian Disney parks. He has a, an amazing FAQ about the Asian parks, uh, an article about is Tokyo Disney Sea Disney's best park. Spoiler alert, my answer is yes. He does an article <laughs> on Pooh's Honey Hut um, with some descriptions and photos. He also has a top five quick service restaurants in the Asian Disney park. So there's an entire series. You can go to the blog, do a search for Daniel Morris or just Tokyo Disneyland or Tokyo Disney Sea, and it'll bring up um, all of those as well. And as we as we've been looking through and talking about these restaurants and the places that we didn't go, which we should, that means we have to go back. Yeah, that's the only thing I thought. I'm like, <laughs> wow, we haven't been to Tokyo in like three months. Becky, add this to the list of WW Radio upcoming events, of which I know is very long. We might need a quick trip over to Tokyo um, at some quick, point. Quick trip. Maybe it's all about eating rather than attractions this time how about a a an adventures by lou mangello culinary tour we're not, we're not like we'll Ooh. ride like one thing a day and just eat the rest because no, that's you, no i know what you want you want to have like a tribe of people to stand in each of the lines for each of the types of popcorn <laughs> wait to bring them all to you in a central location do you remember the first really time want. we went and it was like culinary over because we literally were stopping at every kiosk and there's look we're talked about <laughs> Quick service. We didn't even talk about table service. You can, and that's all we did was really eat from kiosk to kiosk and kiosk. Mm -hmm. And at one point in Disneyland, like I had food in two different items in both of my hands. I'm like Becky, I, I'm 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 calling Uncle Man. Like I just can't do it anymore. Like <laughs> I, I literally was about to explode. Ever ever turn down food, and you were literally, I'm done. I yeah. I give up. I'm I am flying body, the white flag. The I, mind was willing, the body was unable. <laughs> um, but I would listen if you have been to Tokyo Disneyland or Tokyo Disney Sea. I'd love to know your thoughts about a can't miss attraction or can't miss place to eat. Again, come to the community. Call the voicemail at four zero seven nine hundred nine three nine one or just email me Lou at www.com. All right, let's keep going. We have I, lots I more. Say, I think we just did an entire show just on that. <laughs> I, I think so. Um, the next one says, hey, Lou, I'm 10 and your show. Oh, I love this. My, wait, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I shouldn't read this one out loud. Lou, I'm 10 and your show, your show helps me in hard times, especially Becky. 
Even though I'm 10. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm going to cry. Even though I'm 10, I don't get the best grade. And this, oh. Oh, God. And your show helps me feel better. Oh. Okay, keep reading. I can't read anymore. Um, <laughs> my question is, when do you think the construction will be done in Epcot? Um, I hate seeing all the construction walls. Do you think Runaway Railway will draw as much of a crowd as Rise of the Resistance? Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you, Lou and Becky, the queen. <laughs> <laughs> I love this He's kid. He's 10. He's 10, and he just referred to you as the queen. So you can take that and do whatever uh, you like. Uh, but basically, he wants to know, kid. when does when do we think the construction walls are going to be down and um and this and, and um his name is Alex by the way from Carmichael's Pennsylvania and Alex wants to know um about the lines of runaway railway which i think we touched on versus rise of resistance which clearly uh, are are being handled differently or obviously much much lower rise of resistance still for the for the foreseeable future does the boarding groups which i think is a fantastic system and works um but, um, you know, Epcot is obviously undergoing a major transformation um, from what it was to what it is and maybe back a little bit to what it was beforehand. And I don't think we really have a, a definitive time for when the construction wall is going to come down because there's so much happening. And I think there's still more that's even going to be announced. Yeah. I, when I was just there, it, it did kind of strike me that, yeah, it is kind of the world of walls right now, but that's okay. Because in order to make the transformation to all the great experiences that we have in front of us, you have to kind of take a little of the bad with the good and wait through the walls, and but they will eventually come down. And we know that the um, the celebration is going to be for 2021. Do we know if it's going to start in October? We don't know that part yet. But once it's done and those walls are down, it's going to be worth the wait and worth what we're seeing right now. And it's not that far in the future. It really isn't. Even though from a 10-year-old's perspective, it probably seems like it's 100 years out. But from right now, it's it will be worth the wait when we see all the amazing things. And like you said, I think that they've got a lot more hidden under their sleeves or in their sleeves that we don't even know about yet. I agree. Um, and, I, and I think all good things to those who wait. So Absolutely. Um, yeah, it is. It is going to be worth waiting for. All right, let's and move Alex, on. Uh, wait a minute, Alex is awesome, and he's the first ten-year-old that made you cry during the email show. So, props to you, kiddo. And Alex, listen, I will. Uh, I will be in touch with you offline. Um, I will share Becky's home address, and we'll set up that weekend at Aunt <laughs> Becky's house. Um, I think. I think that would be lovely. All right, let's move on because we have lots to get to. Uh, Justin Lethaby says, I was at Walt Disney World over Thanksgiving, got a chance to ride the Skyliners several times and really enjoyed it. Justin, I'm with you, brother. It got Mm -hmm. me wondering about what the next mode of transportation in Walt Disney World will be in the future. I'd love to hear you and your experts' thoughts, or Becky's, on what the next mode of transportation will be. Passenger drones, maybe, he says. I'd also love to hear what you think, uh, where you think the Skyliners could go next, Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, or other resorts. Um, Justin, this is a really interesting question, um, because I do have thoughts on this, and and it really was was predicated on, I'll sort of take the Wayback Machine, to an announcement that Disney made um, a number of years ago, uh, probably around 2017, 
that they were going to be testing a new mode of transportation, first for cast members and employees, but I think it will potentially be something that they could use for guests as well, and it's self-driving cars. Disney said in 2017 that they were going to test self-driving shuttles for cast members um, and employees. Um, Supposedly there was testing going on in of all, obviously, of all places, in Epcot, uh, in backstage areas, in, in using some of these autonomous vehicles to get guests around. Obviously, we see what companies like Tesla have been doing and the incredible advancements in these autonomous vehicles. Yes, while well, well, there's people still driving, but really for something like this in backstage areas, this would be the place... Um, uh, to start testing. I do believe they did it for a while, but I think there's also potential and opportunity for, in time, a public version where they'll be able to shuttle guests, you know, in between, it could be internal, right? In place, a large place like Caribbean Beach or even in between resorts, uh, et cetera. Um, obviously, the, the, we see the popularity of things like the minivan service and things like that. But uh, I, I can imagine some some testing on some closed roadways and things like that, um, or even some dedicated roads in, the, in some of the backstage areas where some of these vehicles um, would be able to be tested. But I have a feeling, you know, self-driving cars, Jetsons, I'm looking at you, self-driving cars <laughs> are the future, not just on you know, our, our roadways, but I can certainly see something like, I can see Disney pioneering something like that um, in Walt Disney World as well. Yeah, but wouldn't it be cool if you could like step out of your room into a personal pod and program a drone to like come down, pick you up, elevate you over whatever you're trying to avoid as you get to the next destination, it drops you at your destination. Other than the dropping you at the destination part, you kind (laughs) of just described what happens at the end of Spaceship Earth. But I think, look, but I think that's where we're going. I mean, I think, you know, the the Jetsons was a futuristic vision of the future where, you know, Spaceship Earth was a vision of the future. I think that future is getting closer and closer, right? This technology doubling every seven years has gotten much shorter. Um, Very true. But if you want to talk about the Jetsons, I want Rosie first. I I want the. the Of course, Becky wants a robot. She wants the first thing Becky wants is a robot maid. Um, So, if you even could see my office right now, you would know why. (laughs) No, yeah, you need. Yes, I need help. You need you need help. Um, But (laughs) um, other people saying this is the beginning of of, this is how Terminator got started. But anyway, I I do think that's it. I think I think that's going to be coming. And I do wonder, like you, Justin, uh, where else the the Skyliners could potentially go? We have seen amazing um, success Mm -hmm. of the Skyliners uh, adoption by guests, not just as a. Uh, an attraction, but really as a transportation mode. I think for places like Animal Kingdom, that's a far hike, right? In between Animal Kingdom and the Lodge and some of the other properties currently um, in Walt Disney World, who's to say that there couldn't be something in between the Lodge and the park or some of the other hotels as well? Uh, I, I, I'm i not sure we've seen the end of the Skyliner route um, I hope not. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. It's an attraction all in itself. And, you know, it had a couple of hiccups at the very beginning, but that was through the test and adjust. And right now, 
I'm scared of heights and I hate enclosed spaces, but for some reason I love the Skyliner and I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's in short bursts, so it's not a <clears throat> a long ride where I was staying at the Riviera and to get to Hollywood Studios, you have to take a, a four-minute ride to one spot and then another four-minute ride beyond that. But it's um, it's a lot of fun and you get a great view and it's efficient. Uh, you don't have to wait in line and you don't have to look at your app waiting for your $40 uh, minivan ride. And I, I think that it was pretty brilliant to connect the resorts that they did because it makes us think a lot differently about those resorts when we're playing, placing or recommending them to, to guests. So I would love to see that expanded. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, sort of thinking out loud, I almost imagine that it would not go to a place like magic kingdom, just because there are so many transportation options already to get there. What I think we could potentially see is it connecting some of the other resorts that maybe don't have as many. Look, I, I think I, I know that the Skyliner, like you said, has put places like Caribbean Beach on the map for people who right. might have dismissed that otherwise in the past. Um, I think Sebastian's also helped do that, too, as well as the updates to the rooms and even the, the lobby areas is beautiful and the quick service location in there is beautiful as well. But mm -hmm. I think that's where they would look is where do we have a transportation need that um, the Skyliner could serve? Yeah. And if you have like the all-star resorts into and um, animal kingdom lodge, I think those are the next two um, areas that probably need a little help in that transportation area. And that would be very cool if we could get something that was a little bit more efficient to get people to the other parks from those resorts. I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah. I think if we asked where we would like the Skyliner to go, people, you know, if we asked a hundred people, you can get a hundred different answers uh, yeah. because you know, we sort of just want them to go everywhere. And I think all those initial concerns and fears about, is it going to be too hot? Is it going to be too crowded? I'm going to have to wait. You know, we're very quickly dismissed um, mm -hmm. because it is delivered on all of its promises. Um, yeah. All right. Let's go to, uh, let's see. Uh, hey, Lou. And uh, this is from Robin Swanson's. Hey, Lou. And Definitely, Becky. What is going on I here? I love these people. Oh, this stop is awesome. squealing. My husband and I are experienced <laughs> Walt Disney World goers, avid podcast listeners, AP holders, etc., etc., etc. But we've never been to Disneyland. What? What? We were invited to a wedding in Lake Tahoe in October 2020. And look, if we're going to fly to California from Charleston, we might as well go to Disneyland too. I like Shut the way up. you think. So the upsides is we could be there on my husband's 29th birthday. Yay. Downside, he's in grad school, so we only have limited time, maybe two to three days. We want to focus our time on rides and experiences we can't get in Walt Disney World, and I know that's a lot, and some of the same rides are actually different. So I have two questions. One, what rides, experiences, restaurants, and – wow, this is a lot. Rides, experience, restaurants, <laughs> lounges are the most can't miss and will give us the most Disneyland bang for our time. And second, we have your book on saving money at Walt Disney World. Yay! Are there similar resources you can recommend as we planning a Disneyland trip? I do. Thank you both. And for any and all input, we tried to gusto on my birthday based on your recommendations. How much fun was that? And we loved it. So I know you won't steer us awry. Thank you, Robin Swanson. And I also received a similar email. I'm just, I'm reading um, from Michael Spaulding. So, okay. So basically, and we can't answer this one in, in a single email segment um you're asking about rides experience restaurants as lounges are can't miss and will give you the most 
Disneyland bang for our time. So Becky, I'm gonna I'm gonna reframe this because I'm gonna be able to give them a um, a more definitive answer in a okay. different way. If somebody was to go to Disneyland and they're standing at the gates, they're standing in the promenade in between Disneyland and Disney California Adventure, and they're looking back and forth and they're saying, I have one hour and I can only do one thing, whether it's wow. eat, ride, shop, walk, experience, do, whatever. What do you think for the Disney World fan is the most Disneyland bang for my one hour time like must do? Becky, understanding that they cannot get into Club 33. (laughs) Immediately, my brain goes to one attraction, which is my favorite attraction there, is over at California Adventure and going on to Guardians of the the Galaxy. I think that is still, again, one of those attractions that spills over into the, the story that Disney likes to tell. And it's one of the most fun, exhilarating party in a ride experience. And if you only have one hour, that's the ride I would go on. When you said California Adventure, I'm like, oh, we are thinking the same way because there is one ride I think you should go on. But and it's not, not Guardians. One. Really? I think it's Radiator Springs Racers. Ooh. I think Radiator Springs Racers is, again, a very accessible attraction. Kids and adults can ride. There's no sort of concerns about potential okay. motion thing. And I think Radiator Springs Racers is not only some of the best work Imagineering has done yeah. ever, but is a three-act play. It's three attractions in one. Uh, you are truly immersed in that land. You you step onto Route 66, and you are in that movie there is no right or wrong answer, right? There's no definitive answer mm-hmm. here. What I will, uh, what I would do, Robin, and this will answer the second part of your trip as well about saving money. So one, to save money on your Disneyland trip. I, I, I know I'm going to feel dirty as I say this, but I really would reach out to like Mouse Fan Travel and get connected with an agent there who can help you in terms of knowing when to go where to stay to get the most value, what sort of potential discounts might be there or traditionally might be coming, other events that are going on, like they have a food and wine festival. So knowing when to go might also be helpful as well. Um, Obviously, the agents are super, super knowledgeable about uh, all of the properties there, both in Disneyland and even some of the surrounding hotels. So they'll be able to save you the most amount of money so that you have more money to spend on the important things, which is the food in Disneyland. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Food is the most important part of Disneyland, without a doubt. Well, I probably won't disagree with you there either. But if you only have an hour, as you were talking about, if you go, if you know when to go and you go on the right day and it's not too crowded, you can actually do Guardians and Radiator Springs Racers, FYI. But the Uh, cool part about that is that at Cars Land specifically is you do have the ability to go in and immerse yourself in the entire story, walk into the movie as we've heard so many kids talk about, and eat something in a cone. You have to eat something. Like, (laughs) do not pass go. Do not do anything else (laughs) other than go into the cozy cone. So you go to Flo's for breakfast, and you get – the uh, breakfast enchilada, and you also get the French toast, the caramel banana French toast as a splittable, shareable appetizer. You go ride the attractions, you go back to the cozy cone for lunch, and then anything you do after the rest of the day is is really just gravy on top. Oh, gravy on top of that. Yeah, 
And one of the biggest tips that I can give to you for those who are going to Disneyland, it is a lot different than it is in world because it's such a locals park. So if you are able to go during the weekdays between Monday and Thursday, that's going to be the best bang for your time. Um, you'll be able to ride more. There's not going to be um, as, as many queue times to wait up for. I think that um, if you're able to go during the weekdays into the park, you're better off. Absolutely. Um, all right. So we are. Oh, by the way, uh, the, also, I have done more complete shows in the past that I think will be very, very helpful for you. So if you go back all the way back to show number 58, wow. um, that was really my first trip to Disneyland with some friends. And I talked about why every Walt Disney World fan needs to vin- visit Disneyland. Show 385. I have 10 reasons why every Walt Disney World fan and family needs to visit Disneyland. Show 447, I have best unique snacks in Disneyland. I do the research for you so you don't have to. That was a tough <laughs> show to record. It really, it took a lot. It took a lot. I gained 77 pounds in the research <laughs> of that episode. And then show 483, I have 10 secrets shh, you never knew about Disneyland. So you can just go, if you go to www.radio.com, you can search there or whatever your podcast app is, you can search in there. Again, it's show 58, 385, 447, and 483. And I'll put those on the uh, Facebook group at www.radio.com slash community. Things are changing so much at Disneyland. I think we just need to keep refreshing those. <laughs> I Listen, I agree with you a thousand percent. <laughs> If only we were – never mind. I'm, I have said too much already, <laughs> but you never know what might be coming in the future. All right. Last question is going is – a, is a short one, uh, and this is from Kelly, longtime listener, longtime friend. She says, a friend found tickets for the Moonlight Cruise back in 1981. Lou Mangello, what in the world was the Moonlight Cruise at Walt Disney World? Becky, you're looking wow. like what? She's t- typing fever- feverishly. I am, actually. I've never heard of that I, before. So I love this question. One, because okay. it was short and sweet. It touches on Disney history. And I think something, and I love the fact that your expression is as as um, quizzical as it is, because I think a lot of people didn't realize that before there was Disney Cruise Line and before there was the Big Red Boat, there was the World Cruise and Moonlight Cruise on Seven Seas Lagoon and on Bay Lake. So this is not the cruises you might have been thinking on World Showcase Lagoon. These were actual cruises that you could take on authentic steamships on Seven Seas Lagoon and Bay Lake. So we're going to go way, way back in time because very early on, the tagline for Walt Disney World was that it was the vacation kingdom of the world. Now remember, there was not four parks. There was not 28 different hotels. It wasn't water parks and downtown Disney and Lake Buena Vista Villa. So there were a lot of entertainment offerings and and, uh, vacation offerings that didn't necessarily exist inside a park or, um, or or even um, in a, in a specific, you know, location like a, like a downtown Disney. So these were these cruises that were nearly like an hour long that took you around, uh, Bay Lake and Lake Buena Vista that showed you the Magic Kingdom. It went by the resort hotels. It showed you where Treasure Island was, um, which was later Discovery Island, which I know we talked uh, about Treasure Island 
gosh, probably like 10 years ago on the show. Uh, but there was also one that had a little bit of a different theme, and the Moonlight Cruise was something that um, was really – there was a lot of offerings in Walt Disney World where whether you came as a family or came as a couple, at night you could get dressed and – you know, get dressed for dinner and have, you could go to the top of the world supper club. You can go to some of these other nicer restaurants. And now you could also do this moonlight cruise, which was a showboat cruise that had um, dinner and cocktails, Becky, and it had this uh, Dixieland band on it. So there were these two different steamships. There was, they built the uh, the Southern Seas and it was called the Ports O'Call, P-O-R-T-S dash O dash call. So the Moonlight Cruise was this 90-minute cruise um, that was on well, Bay Lake and the Seven Seas Lagoon, and it had uh, entertainment and cocktails all included with your price. Um, if your cruise was timed appropriately, it would actually stop in front of Magic Kingdom, and you could watch the fireworks like flying up behind Cinderella Castle. So this was pre-Grand One. It was pre um, some of the other specialty cruises that we have now. And I actually found an ad from an old um, Walt Disney World News. It, it was a newspaper that Disney used to put out um, in the 70s and early 80s. I, I have hundreds of these in my garage, which are going to be put on eBay very, very soon. But um, one of them had an ad. And the ad read, cruise on a luxury yacht or steamer. Moonlight cruises on steam-powered paddle wheels leave from the hotels Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Uh, and it gave you all the time. And um, it was an hour and a half leisurely cruise with live entertainment and cocktails, not just for adults, but kid could go as well. It was a little pricey. Um, it was a little bit. It was definitely a, a high ticket item. Adults were three dollars and kids <laughs> under 12 were a dollar. So um, it was an add on experience. Um, but the idea was um, early on in in again, when, when Disney sort of was this vacation kingdom of the world transportation was not just a conveyance right so think skyliner now but going back transportation wasn't just a conveyance but it was almost an entertainment system right so they were talking about this the building of the the allweg monorail trains and how it was going to be stopping at these multiple hotels around the circuit. Remember, there was also going to be an Asian, a Venetian, and a Persian resort at one time that were going to be there. Uh, they talked about double-decker buses. They talked about uh, all these other type of vehicles and boats that were meant to not just move guests around but also be a little bit of entertainment. And on the water, they were going to create these double-decker side-wheelers that were going to cross the lagoon Right. Well, like we have now, we have these paddle wheelers that you can take from the transportation and ticket center over to Magic Kingdom. But because um, they wanted more for guests to do, like they wanted you to stay for five, seven days, they wanted to offer more to do when maybe you had spent and seen everything you could in the park. So they wanted to one of the things was this um, uh, cruise where they would have musicians and Dixieland bands going from one of the hotels and there'd be like this fried chicken dinner and a show that you would be able to um, enjoy basically almost um, uh, every evening. So they they created, and the thing that was really interesting was they were creating 
not just these futuristic type of conveyances like a monorail system, but they were also building conveyances that were, for, for lack of a better word, sort of retro-themed, right? So they built this, you know, people weren't necessarily building side-wheel paddle boats and steamer ships, but this was Disney, again, sort of touching on this romantic um, um turn-of-the-century type of transportation and entertainment options. Uh, remember the, well, you're not going to remember, Becky, but they used to have, they had these these bob-around boats, which were these sort of round, floating, giant barrels that had, like, music being piped in. They had uh, a Chinese junk docked at the Polynesian, uh, which I wrote an article about years ago. I'm going to repost that article because I think it's fascinating about the junk and what it did and where it took people and then who ended up buying the junk after it left Walt Disney World, look, you look intrigued. I, that's exactly I what I want you to look like. Um, <laughs> so there were all of these different type of convey. I, actually, I remember, you're not going to remember, but there was at one point, there was a wave machine that was built at the Polynesian that ended up like, well, it ended up not being around for very long because it was eroding the beaches. But there were all these things that made not just the skyways and the highways, but the waterways um, really... Uh, entertainment um, locations as well. So they built additional docks. So now they've got the ferry boats, the Magic Kingdom 1, the Magic Kingdom 2, which were the the Richard F. Irvine um, ships that we have today. Um, And so they had been planned to to exist for for who knows, um, for who knows long. But so they had these, the world cruise, which took guests around through the day, on one of the ships, and then the moonlight cruise at night um, on this romantic paddle wheeler. And I think it was around 74 or 75, um, I think it was the Southern Seas that had um, gotten damaged, uh, and they took it out of the water. There's actually not far behind Magic Kingdom. It's not accessible to guests, but they can take the boats out and do work there. Um, They built a second ship called the Southern Seas 2. And then I think probably a few years later, uh, when this idea for making Treasure Island into sort of a Robert Louis um, uh, Stevenson-themed sort of day destination where where, um, it sort of, they abandoned those ideas and and what was happening with those islands had changed. Um, They eventually started to... um, uh, do less and less of the number of cruises. Um, and then eventually probably I would assume late seventies, maybe even early eighties, especially now as, as Epcot center was getting ready to come online. Um, they took them uh, out of service. I think for a little while you could rent them for private parties, much like the way you could do for, uh, the grand one. But I think because of maybe lack of interest, other things to do. There were issues in terms of of damage to the boats. Um, they eventually pulled those um, literally and figuratively out of the water, much to the dismay of guys like me who would love to do something like that. Like I think that would be an amazing thing to do. Imagine coming with your family or a group of friends. You're in the parks during the day. You come back, take a little shower, take a little nap, and then maybe even dress up a little bit for dinner and then go out on this hour and a half long moonlight cruise around Bay Lake and Seven Seas Lagoon. See, that would be very cool because I keep having flashbacks of what we just did in New Orleans with the 
the riverboat cruise that you had dinner on and then you could enjoy this this wonderful atmosphere granted not in 38 degrees but <laughs> i think florida is a <clears throat> is a better location for that but how how fun would that be and right right now i think the only thing that we have that's even close is is if you did the grand one and catered that which you know it doesn't sound as appealing as this did at one time it's it's too bad that it went away but i had not ever heard of this wonderful little bundle of joy so it's it's really cool to hear about it and I, i'd love to see something like that come back yeah i mean this is something that i think could be um again i not knowing the operational costs of, yeah. of having to build and maintain i mean that that, that was that was a, a big part of the problem was the cost of refurbishing and maintaining um, right, the steamships but um imagine even um you know, as a family doing it, or if you're coming here for a convention, right? And you, 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 um, uh, you and other people coming to a convention. I mean, Disney. Think about it, even in in that terms, right? You have a big convention coming in, and they rent out something like this to take people on on the uh, on the waterways for a couple of nights. And from what I, what I understand, the um, the ships don't exist anymore. I, I think they were in dry dock for a was, while, and then were. I was going to ask destroyed. that if you knew yeah. what happened with them. I think in the late nineties, they're they're finally like, look, we need the space, and these are never going to see the water um, again, which is a shame because what I loved about both of these is they were not just designed to look a certain way, and then they were sort of like the Staten Island ferry, like they were themed, and there was a story, and there was a. a a look and a feel to them. Like you talk about going on the steamboat Natchez in New Orleans and had a very uh, authentic New Orleans, almost um, uh, retro feel to it. Um, and that's really what this was too. So it was not just themed towards a romantic moonlight cruise or the daytime world cruise, but really the sense of of stepping back in time. And maybe even, you know, there's again, there's part of me that enjoys, I think a lot of people do, that's um, a little bit of, of refined elegance. You can be on vacation at Walt Disney World and, and riding carousels and dumbos and then do something like this, which is a nice way to punctuate an evening or a, or a trip. Yeah, it sure would be. Uh, it's just kind of thinking how cool that would be, even if they wanted to theme it to the story and bring Tiana on something like oh, that. My and, do you that, remember that is- when, and I know you do, so it's a... Do you remember when they had the Tiana's Riverboat Jubilee thing? Yeah. And oh God, yeah. I loved that so much when it was in in um, Frontierland slash Liberty Square in, yeah. in Walt Disney. Tiana's Showboat Jubilee. That would be really cool if if they had that on a complete other scale <clears throat> and brought it into a dinner experience, much like you you take the um, uh, the experience that we have on board Disney Cruise Line on the Wonder. And put that to a, a dinner cruise. How fun would that be? Like you could even theme it. You could have like a Halloween themed cruise. Yeah. You could have holiday themed cruises. New Year's Eve. You could have di- like a, you, you can do like um, you can do different themes. So now I'm thinking about the food. Like you could have a New Orleans themed <laughs> cruise. You could have Shocker. you know, <laughs> or you could almost <laughs> theme it. But you know. Again, imagine sort of being on the waterways um, at sunset and mm-hmm. and going past Magic See, Kingdom and the and that's one of the things and- that I really like about the um, about the fireworks cruises, which is I don't I'm not really a fan of the ones that are over for the Epcot area, but the one at Magic Kingdom because you get that opportunity to uh, 
to cruise around first. You don't just go to the location to watch the fireworks. You uh, get to kind of sail past the um, the different resorts and and kind of take in the atmosphere and and just relax. And that's one of my favorite things about that. So include dinner and drinks. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if you include drinks anywhere, Becky's in. Uh, but listen, I would love to know. If you, my friend who's listening, did you ever do either the World Cruise or the Moonlight Cruise in Walt Disney World um, in the 70s? Um, again, I think maybe till the 80s somewhere. Uh, I would love to know if you've ever taken it. If you have any photos that you'd like oh, to share. Would be there's, so there's cool. very, yeah, there's very few photos. Um, I, I did have some from an old book. It's it, one of my favorite books about Walt Disney World. It's called It's a Complete complete edition of Walt Disney World, um, which was a, a pre-opening book that talked a little about it. And then I also had one um, that had like one photo in it. Um, and I haven't seen very much. Well, there's, there's copies of tickets wow. and stuff like that out there. But if you've ever written it, I would love to hear your story again. Email me. Better yet, call the voice. <gasps> Share your story. Call the voicemail <laughs> at 407-900-9391. Um, again, these, these cruises were not around for very long. And so again, Maybe 70 between, probably between like 71 and 75, 77, I'm guessing, uh, would hmm. probably be the range we'd be looking at. So it would be very cool um, to do it. And of course, uh, if you have any questions, not just for me, but for Mecky Mankin of MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. And of course, if you're looking to go anywhere on a Disney cruise or world or land, Alani, uh, Paris, Tokyo, Hong Kong, Shanghai. I'm missing somewhere else. Vero uh, Beach. It, it, we could take Hilton another 30 Head. minutes and go through all of the uh, adventures by Disney locations. <laughs> Stay tuned. You never know what we're working on. Um, there's. Uh, you could obviously go and visit um, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. And Please all right, do. very be- Becky. Very quickly, I have to give you a a lightning. Round. I have oh, to at man, least give I you. I thought you were getting away from this. Go ahead. I was. No, but I have to think. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Since since somebody brought up since since overseas parks were brought up, do you have a single favorite attraction in any park world ride? If you can snap your fingers right now yes. and ride one thing, what would it be? Pirates in Shanghai. In Shanghai. Yep. In a heartbeat. To this day, that is the one that I regret not riding about seventeen million yeah. more times before we left. That still is one of the most mind-blowing technology, underwater, above water, what's happening, turn to the left, turn to the right. So much stuff is going all around you. And I, I think that, that that attraction captured my imagination like no other before it or since. That was, that was an easy one. Thank I you. I know. And, and <laughs> Shanghai, it's easy to put Shanghai, it's easy to put pirates in Shanghai number one. Yeah. Until you start thinking about Mystic Manor, I I really loved Mystic Manor, but not <gasps> it, it didn't hit. You me hate Albert. As hard. You hate poor what? little Albert the monkey. I you do don't not love hate Albert the Albert monkey. The monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Becky hates monkeys. I can't oh believe my. it. Wow. Becky doesn't love animals. She no. Oh. It is. Listen, oh. I, I know it, it, it's it's Shanghai is it's easy to put yeah, at the top that. because of uh-huh. the sheer. <laughs> magnitude and scale and it's uh, yeah. I mean maybe rise of the resistance in certain aspects it's but close. otherwise nothing compares um yeah. 
Nothing compares to that. And like the song so wait, says, Becky, nothing compares to you. So you agree with me? I You're might. actually agreeing with me? I don't know. I have to think oh, about Oh, maybe that. we should mark this on the calendar as a holiday because that's so rare. Unless it's food. I mean, I think you can make arguments for others. Um, uh, what? <laughs> Where are your arguments? Because that I, that's a hard, that would be a hard bar to to reach. This is a separate conversation for <laughs> for another day. Um, because I think there's reasons why you could move some of these attractions up and down. Um, yeah, but just wait. Just wait. I know what your little eight-year-old Lumangelo brain is doing. You're thinking ahead to the Spider-Man attraction. No. I, you know what? <laughs> Look, I, I think, well... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and there, and there's lots of different reasons why I could put some of these other attractions, at least in the conversation. Uh, okay. But I think I think that's I think that's the beauty is right is that somebody is going to say, look, somebody's going to be like the the Hong Kong Jungle Cruise is the best attraction ever. <laughs> Tron Light Cycle mm-hmm. Power Run is going to well. be there. Look, let's lest we forget. Flight of Passage. Like, remember yeah. how we felt the first time we walked off of there? Yeah. Um, you know, so I think those there, we we haven't... Look, I even think Iron Man Experience in, in Hong Kong is up there. I think Journey to the Center of Earth is up there. Um, I think Indiana Jones could even be up there. Like, I think Indiana Jones is still that good of an attraction. Um, Maybe this is a question to ask you, right? If you yeah. can only ride, what's your one favorite attraction anywhere in the world? If you could snap your fingers and we all go ride something together, what would it be? I will put that question on Instagram, on the Facebooks, and all that, uh, because I would love to hear your thoughts as well. Banky Mankin from MEI Mouse Fan yeah. Travel. This is so much fun because we get to do this and so many other adventures together. So thank you I very much. I love it. Well, thank you for having me on. And I love this because we get to relive some of our adventures and looking forward to the next one. Including the ones we haven't announced yet. I um, know. And as soon as I hang up on you, maybe I'll share a few of those on this week's show. Um, I hope not, because we have a whole list of things to review when, when we hang up from this. Well, I am going to talk <laughs> about Marvel Day at Sea, but... I won't share. Well, everything. yeah, I, I hope won't so. share everything else that's going on. That one I'm excited about too. But I'm excited about that other thing and that other thing and so definitely many other that things. Other things. So many other things to work so on. So excited! It's a great time to be a Disney fan. If you could snap your fingers and eat one food item from any Disney park worldwide, what would it be right now? Go! Oh, oh, that's hard. Since uh, we're talking about Tokyo, that bacon wrapped rice thing in Tokyo Disney Sea. Do you remember? Do you remember the original um, tale? The uh, yes, the Chandu tale in yes. Tokyo Disney Sea. Oh, the original gosh, one. So good. The original one. Not that the one actually that was shaped the like a tail. Yes. So many that good. That was awesome. So many yummy, warm, delicious buns in Tokyo <gasps> Disney. <gasps> spaghetti so popcorn. <laughs> the spaghetti popcorn. I'm sweating. We literally, as we get off the phone, we need to talk about when we can do our next Tokyo trip. I know spaghetti popcorn. It's not spaghetti popcorn. It was so spaghetti. It was tomato and basil popcorn. I know, but if you put your your mouth, it's like spaghetti. It's like spaghetti on a popcorn. So spaghetti popcorn. 
While this would normally be time for me to announce the winner of last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, instead, last week I asked you to once again help spread the word for a chance to enter to win $100 in Disney gift cards. Now, last week's contest, like we've done over the past few weeks, has been a little bit different and really asking you once again to help do what I've asked since the very beginning, which is to help spread the word to grow the awareness and, more importantly, the community around WW Radio. How do I ask you to do that? To spread the word by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes, following me on Instagram, and liking and commenting there. I also asked you, if you entered on Instagram, to tag a friend that you'd like to take a future Disney Cruise Line cruise with. Anyway, I took all of the qualifying entries, randomly selected one, and again, last week you were playing for $100 in Disney gift cards. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is... Aurelie Manning. Aurelie, thank you, congratulations, and I appreciate such a wonderful review that you left in iTunes. I'll actually share a little bit of it here. You said, Lou Mangiello, One Man's Dream. If I could give this podcast 10 stars, I would. As a hardcore Disney fan and nerd, I've been listening to WW Radio since 2009. Wow. As a freshman in high school, that's crazy. And his podcasts are a must for any Disney fans or those willing to be brought into such an amazing community. So she says, my fiance is an avid listener too. And while commuting two hours a day for my job as a preschool teacher, Lou's podcast and his amazing guests, the world needs more Becky Mankins, that's what it says, has continually been the bright light at the beginning and end of every day for me, good or bad. In addition, I've struggled with anxiety and depression over the last few years and Lou's love and passion for Disney and the ability to make me feel closer to the parks, no matter how far away I am, has truly brought me out of some of the darkest times in my life. And I know in my heart that being a part of the WW Radio community has saved my has saved my life by always there being a constant source of joy, positivity, comfort, comfort, and Disney magic. Lou's always encouraging his listeners to follow their dreams no matter how big and be the good and find the good in anything you do. And this is something I'd strive to do daily with the help from this community. So thank you, Lou. You mean so much to so many people and Disney fans alike, and I'm honored to be part of the WW Radio family and support you, the podcast, and WW Radio in any way, shape, or form. I truly hope and want you to know how much you mean to your listeners. You've changed my life for the better. Thank you so much, Lou. Uh, Orly, thank you. I I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody who has left a rating review and and the amazing things that you said there. I, I... I'm speechless, um, but please um, reach out to me because obviously through iTunes, I, I don't have any contact information from you. So please reach out to me, uh, Lou at www.radio.com or Facebook Messenger, and I will get your gift cards out your right away. If you played last week, if you rated and reviewed, if you commented, if you liked, thank you, thank you, thank you so, so very much. Um, I hope you did it, not just for the contest but because you really want to be an active member, an active participant, again, in more than just this community, but really this family that you have helped build and create. So if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. Please continue to rate and review and comment and like and share. But if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's, let's get back to it, Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, we're going to keep it simple and about Mickey Mouse since we discussed Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at the top of the show. Now, we all probably know that the short film Steamboat Willie was the first short starring Mickey Mouse when it was released in 1928. And while it's considered the debut of Mickey and Minnie, it was actually the third of Mickey's films to be produced. It was, however, the first 
to be distributed because Walt saw the jazz singer and really sort of wanted to have the first fully synchronized sound cartoons. So if it was the third produced, what were the first two Mickey Mouse films, the shorts, that were created before Steamboat Willie? That's your question this week. Tell me the first two Mickey Mouse short films that were actually created, although released after Steamboat Willie. Now you have until Sunday, March 15th at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there, and this week you're going to play for all my digital products again, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the history, details, secrets, and stories of Magic Kingdom, my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book, a WW Radio vinyl sticker, a WW Radio magic band cover, and since we're talking Mickey and we're talking Runaway Railway, I'm also going to give you a Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway pin from the parks. So good luck and have fun. Before we wrap up this week's show, I wanted to share some information with you about our next WW Radio special event. Now, you know we do our Meet of the Month every month in Walt Disney World. I'll share details about our next Meet of the Month as we wrap up the show. Our WW Radio Adventures by Disney to Wyoming this July is now officially sold out. It is a seven-day, six-night, family-friendly adventure. It is sold out, but if you would like to get on the waiting list, you can email me, lou at wwradio.com. I will tell you that we are planning a few other events domestically in Walt Disney World as well as maybe a few other locations as well. However, the one that I am really excited about, it is circled on my calendar and I am so looking forward to. Well, let me give you a little backstory first. When Disney announced that it bought Marvel in 2009, it merged two, if not my two favorite worlds together and we saw the integration on the big screens and the small screens and then in the parks and then eventually in fall 2017 to the Disney Cruise Line and I had an opportunity to check out some of the kids play areas and I put kids in air quotes because we're all kids at heart in things like the Oceaneers Club and was invited last year to experience one of the early Marvel Day at Sea cruises for the first time on a five-day voyage from Miami. We recapped that on show 542, and I've talked about it a lot, both on the show and, and amongst friends, and over and over again with my son, who was able to join me on the cruise. And it really is, other than the Alaska cruises, because I think there's something different and special, and we've done two of those before, I can promise you we're going to do it again, It probably is my favorite cruise that I've ever done for a variety of reasons, and it has almost nothing to do with the port or the destination, but really what goes on on board the ship. And Disney recently announced the latest Marvel Day at Sea itineraries, and a new idea was born. Again, I got to experience it and review it with my son, which was spectacular and a memory that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. But then I got to thinking, which I know sometimes is dangerous, that going with you could even be better. And that's exactly what we're going to do. So I invite you 
to assemble and join us for a literally a marvelous WW Radio cruise on the Disney Magic from Marvel Day at Sea, January 23rd through the 28th, 2021. It's a five-night Western Caribbean cruise from Miami with two days at sea, a stop in Cozumel, Mexico, which is a fantastic, I love the history, who am I kidding, and also the food in Mexico. We also go to Disney's private island at Castaway Key, which is my favorite port anywhere. And in addition to everything that happens on board on a regular Disney cruise, as well as on a Marvel Day at Sea, again, go back to show 542 for the full review. We also have exclusive WW Radio meetups, pre-stay hotel specials, maybe a pre-hotel, maybe a pre-cruise event in Miami, group dining, shore excursions, lots of special surprises, and some things that I can't quite share just yet and the only way to do that is by booking through and in the official group with our friends over at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. If you book before March 15th, you'll get a special $25 onboard credit per stateroom. I could go on and on and on at just how much I love this cruise, all the different encounters and entertainment. Again, I want to share some of the surprises, but I can't. That we will do again. Go back to show 542 to find out more about Marvel Day at Sea. You can also go to www.radio.com slash Marvel Cruise to get a free, no obligation quote, reserve your cabin, and learn more. Again, it is a five-night Western Caribbean cruise from Miami, January 23rd through the 28th, 2021. To find out more, visit www.radio.com slash Marvel Cruise. Again, if you can't join us, stay tuned. There are more events coming to Walt Disney World and other locations in the U.S. later this year. And you can always visit www.radio.com slash events to find out about upcoming Meet of the Month as well as special events in world and elsewhere. Now, in addition to the Disney events that I do in Disney World, I do some other events as well. There's sort of a second side to my life and my business. And one of the things I talk about on the show all the time is is wanting to help you turn what you love into what you do. And there's a lot of different ways that I can do that. And as a conference goer, I know how sometimes difficult it is, one, to go by yourself, two, to go to an event and sit in a room of 2,000 people, then try and pick the track in the room for the person that you want to see while missing something else. And then you leave excited with all these ideas and you get home and you put your notebook down on your desk and then life gets in the way and you don't take action on the things that you learned. I literally still keep a notebook on my desk from a conference that I attended about seven years ago with all these great ideas and things that I wanted to do and I never did. For a lot of different reasons, right? I, I ran out of time. I didn't have help. I didn't have accountability. I didn't have somebody to talk to about my idea or what I wanted to do next. And that's why Momentum, this this event that I do in Walt Disney World, was born five years ago. And it is back again this fall, October 17th through the 18th. It is a weekend workshop in Walt Disney World that's really built on three pillars of inspiration, education, and community, and I really wanted to design it to make it be unlike any other conference created for entrepreneurs. How do we do that? By learning, and more importantly, executing on what you learn right in the room, and then you meet and work with others right away to help you take your ideas, your brand, and your business to the next level. So whether you have a blog, a podcast, you're a content creator, a product, a brick-and-mortar store, 
we can help you. It's a single room. It's limited to just 50 people because I want to keep it intimate. And a core part of the mission is to keep it a small, intimate, positive, helpful environment where you not just learn, but you execute and you meet other people, not just to form friendships and relationships over the weekend, but ones that you'll be able to continue to take with you after you leave the room as well. All of our speakers are in one room and they all have walked the walk. They're all incredibly relatable in terms of their story and their business journey and really what they can do to help you. In the past, keynote speakers have included Lee Cockrell, Ashley Eckstein from Her Universe and Star Wars Clone Wars, Dan Cockrell, Duncan Wardle, the former vice president of innovation and creativity for the Walt Disney Company, Steve Schussler, an entrepreneur who started from nothing and built the Boathouse, Rainforest Cafe, Yak and Yeti, and did I mention the Boathouse, as well as repeat attendees who come back to not just learn, but to share and grow along with you as well. And more importantly, we help you get ongoing support and resources and community after the event is over with lifetime access and continuing support in our members-only community. If you visit lumangelo.com slash momentum, you can find out exactly how it works, what day one and day two of this interactive learning session and more importantly, workshops are like, the resource workbook that you're going to get, as well as videos and testimonials from past attendees. We also have an optional Mastermind Monday, which is limited to just 10 people, and it really allows us to deep dive and give you the opportunity to take action on what you learn. People take time in the hot seat where the focus is on you, your business, challenges, opportunities, and then crafting actionable strategies and making on-the-spot changes. Again, Momentum is October 17th through the 18th, 2020, with the optional Mastermind Day on the Monday. It is no small accident that it also happens to be during the Food and Wine Festival going on in Walt Disney World. And more importantly, the event takes place in Disney. So it's at the B Resort in the Disney Springs Resort area. So you have easy access. You're within walking distance of the restaurants and in Disney Springs, as well as the ability to get to Epcot for Food and Wine Festival and other parks as well. Tickets are on sale now, and right now you can take advantage of our super early bird special until April 22nd. You will save $200 per ticket and an additional $100 on the optional Mastermind Monday. Again, the event is limited to just 50 people. We have a lot of people already signed up and registered who came back from last year. The event will sell out and prices will go up on April 22nd. Again, to find out more, see frequently asked questions, videos, or to reach out to me, you can visit lumangelo.com slash momentum. So I hope that you can join us at sea, on land, in Walt Disney World, and or at Momentum. Because whether you join us at sea or on land, whether it's for fun or to learn and grow, you're not coming alone. You're not just a friend. You're family. I hope to see you at an upcoming WW Radio or Momentum event soon. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please don't forget to join the community and conversation over at www.radio.com slash community. That will take you to our Facebook group. It's fun. It's free. It's family friendly and completely welcoming. So come in, grab a snack, make yourself at home, and please come and introduce yourself and be part of or start your own conversation there. I also want to thank 
all of the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family. I sincerely appreciate your love, your support, your friendship, and your help, and I love being able to give back to you each and every month. I want to thank some of the new and longtime members of the Nation family, including, gosh, longtime friend Marla Chan, Patrick Knapp, Josh Olive, Louis Passauer, the entire Passauer family, Stephen Schwartzrock from Down Under, Ray Kastner, Chris Alger, Jennifer Kaufman. All of you are more than friends. You're not supporters. You're not patrons. You really are members of the family. And if you want to find out how you can also help the show and get exclusive rewards every month, including monthly scavenger hunts, I design and create and distribute scavenger hunts only for the WW Radio Nation. There's also logo gear, t-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World. There's a private Facebook group. You also get a custom Magic Band cover. We also do exclusive live video group calls. It's not just me, but all of us get on a video call together. There's lots more. You also get early access and discounts to special events. To find out more, please visit www.radio.com support. And don't forget that while this is completely optional, it's also a great way for you to help show your support for the show and that a portion of your contributions do go to our Dream Team project that benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Because of you, my family, our family, we have raised more than $300,000 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America and literally been able to make dreams come true for children with life-threatening illnesses and their families to come to Walt Disney World. Again, to find out more, please visit www.radio.com slash support. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air like we did this week, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. If you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1 with a question, a comment, or just a hello from the parks. Let's connect and talk over on social. I am at Lou Mangello on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Be sure and like the WW Radio page at facebook.com slash WW Radio. Again, the community and conversation really does exist over on our Facebook group. That's www.radio.com slash community. And of course, as much as I love connecting and talking with you online, nothing still beats a handshake and a hug. It's why we continue to do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World. If you prefer a fist bump, high five, Vulcan salute, whatever it is, we'll do that too. Our next meet of the month for March is in Disney's Hollywood Studios. I am going to a place that I love because it reminds me of pizzerias back in New Jersey. We're going to go to Pizza Rizzo in Disney's Hollywood Studios. We're going to go upstairs in the banquet room off to the far side. If it's really, really nice out, we'll go stay upstairs, but go to the balcony outside. That is going to be Sunday, March 29th at 10 a.m. So if you want to, get to the parks nice and early. Get your Rise of the Resistance boarding group. Get a Ronto wrap for breakfast. Go ride an attraction and then come join us at the meet of the month. Again, it's free. It's fun. It's completely family friendly. So come alone, make a friend, bring a friend or bring the entire family. To find out again about other upcoming meets of the month and events, visit our events page at www.radio.com slash events. There I'll also post other meetups that I do as I travel to speak at conferences. I'll oftentimes do on-the-road meetups. Uh, My travel schedule has changed quite a bit because of the coronavirus scares. I was supposed to be in Italy this week. Uh, That has since been canceled as well as a couple of other opportunities over the next couple of months. But stay tuned as I am adding things to the calendar all the time. And if I can come to speak to your conference, your event, or even to your school or business... I can craft a presentation specific to your business, your industry, and your audience about 
customer service and lessons we can learn from Disney and the Disney Parks leadership lessons learned from Walt Disney, social media, live video, podcasting, the power of community, as well as other topics geared specifically towards students from middle school through college. And in addition to being able to travel directly to your location, I now offer presentations virtually so you can gather your team in a virtual room without having to worry about assembling them in a location, traveling, etc. Again, to find out more, you can visit lumangelo.com. On the site, you can also find out how I can work with you, either one-on-one, small groups, weekly masterminds, special events, to help you turn what you love into what you do. I am so thankful for the opportunity and the life that you've given me that I want to help you, whether it's turning your passion into your profession, if you're just incubating an idea, or want to find out how to move the needle and turn this thing that you enjoy, whether you're a blogger, podcaster, have a book, or a brick-and-mortar business, I can help you build your brand and your business and help literally change your life much as the way you have changed mine. Again, everything is over at LouMangelo.com. Thanks as always to Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel. You heard, you know why she's my official recommended provider. It's who I love because it's who I use, and that's why I trust enough to recommend them to you. Again, you can visit them at MouseFanTravel.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. How do you do that? Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link to this or your favorite episode from the past on Facebook, on your page, or in a group. And if you can, rate and review the show over on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe there as well. And again, invite your friends to be to join you and me and the rest of our friends in the clubhouse over at www.radio.com slash community. I appreciate everybody who has left a rating and review recently. I want to share a couple with you. Like Kate W. from New Jersey says, it's the best podcast and a positive experience. I've been listening to the podcast for more than two years, and I've only grown to love it more. The community that Lou has created, we have created, is a wonderful, caring, and positive group of people. The guests, especially Becky, with a question mark, but I'm not going to read it that way, are fantastic Funny and play off Lou perfectly, Lou's knowledge and love for Disney shine through constantly as he continues to be an inspiration for many people and has gotten me through some tough times personally. You instantly feel connected to Disney, comforted, and part of the crew while listening. I can honestly say that I'm grateful every day that I found this podcasting community and I've never met a single one of them. Thanks for all you do and as usual, keep up the amazing work. Albert's Mommy says it's my favorite podcast. I listen to a handful of of podcasts, but this is the one I listen to all the time. Others I might binge before a trip, but Lou always says that the listeners create the community, but he's built it and fosters it to be one of the kindest and enjoyable communities. Albert's Mommy, that's all you. I'm grateful for that and happy I can be part of the amazing group of box people. The show is always positive and makes parts of Disney I wouldn't think I'd be interested in fun to listen to and is always informative. Listening to the podcast at work is oftentimes the highlight of my week. Don't tell your boss that. The top tens are my favorite episodes, and I always look forward to more. Hashtag anger, hashtag frustration says, first time listener, I'm scared to read what it's going to say. Very impressive, interesting, and intriguing podcast. I love the history and attention to details. Salad, 2121. I've heard of salads. I don't really eat them very often. Say, long time, first time. I've been a long time listener and consider Lou to be the OG of Disney podcasters. Always fun, always informative, always entertaining. Lou's positive outlook is a breath of fresh air in a sometimes negative world. The guests, including the regulars, Becky, again with question marks, 
Little Timmy, Jim Corcus are fun and lively, and the not-so-regular, including other podcasts, former Disney employees and filmmakers are always interesting and informative. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this excellent podcast. And Lombard98 from Canada says, sit back and listen to the magic. My favorite podcast to listen to every week. Lou's always super positive, and the magic flows from beginning to end of every show. It transports me from sitting at my desk to feeling like I'm in the parks and restaurants, hearing, smelling, feeling the pixie dust that we all know from our favorite place on Earth. Lombard, salad, anger, frustration. Hopefully you're not as angry or fresher before. Albert's mommy and Kate W. and everybody who left a rating review. I promise I will try and get to all of them. Thank you, thank you, thank you for helping to spread the word in any way that you possibly can. Again, just search for WW Radio in iTunes, or if you go to www.radio.com slash iTunes, it'll show you exactly where and how to do it. And finally, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything you've done for me, for the community that you have created, and what, as a result of that, you have done for others. You might not realize that some of the little things that you do or say, and it could be a comment, a heart, a like, a reply, how much that might mean to somebody else. And you also might not realize, but but you, we, we're the sum of those everyday actions, right? You are what you do, not what you say you're going to do or, or who you think you are, right? We are the sum of the actions that we take. And sometimes the little ones are the most meaningful. So don't forget to, to look for the good to find the good, to choose the good, right? Look for and find the good in everything that you do. And I promise you, you will feel better. You will be more positive. You will be more happy. And that is contagious and will bleed out to other people around you. Um, And if we all do it, you never know. We might just uh, make little steps towards making this world a better place. And that's what you do by virtue of being here and listening and being part of my family. I love you. I appreciate you. I hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. It's Elizabeth from Massachusetts on a very rainy morning here, um, right outside of Boston on February 26th. Um, But yeah, I just listened to you and Jim Corcus's episode about the um, SEA. And it was amazing. You guys have so much knowledge. There are just a plethora of fun facts and details. And it's really nice to have all of that information somewhere where you can listen um, and get to know more about it. So thanks for doing that. You guys are awesome. Hope everyone is having an awesome week so far. For everyone that's coming back from a February break, like I am as a teacher, uh, we got this. (laughs) Eight more weeks till the next break. And congrats to everyone who ran in the Princess um, runs this past weekend. You guys are amazing. And, yeah, thanks so much again, Lou. And I'll see you guys later. Bye. Hey, Lou. Mondello, this is Chloe Willis. I'm calling you from North Carolina. Um, I was just re-listening to old podcasts, and it was actually episode number 450, top, thing, top 10 things that you have to do at Walt Disney World. And... Not really stop and things, but just listening to you guys re-talk about everything and the nostalgia of when little Timmy Foster talked about how the first time you go on something different like Expedition Everest or um, facing a fear maybe or just trying something new just to be able to ride all the rides, the attractions. And it just made me think about when I was younger and riding Tower Terror for the first time and 
I almost peed my pants. I was like nine or ten years old. But then, yeah, just talking about things, um, being on the cruise or during the fireworks show. Actually, my dad and I, this is the first time I actually met you, too. And when I met you in um, January, it was like the best day of my life. <laughs> it was so awesome. I'm so happy to meet you and share my stories and like how you were able to just help me through you know, that's tough times. You're just always there. You truly are a friend in me. Like, I now that I'm so happy, it just makes me emotional just even talking about it. I know it does you, too. Um, and I think that's one of the other ways that we bond, even though if it's not food, if it's <laughs> other than food. <laughs> but either way, yeah, um, the taking a fishing trip, that was one of the best moments of my entire life alongside meeting you when Disney Um I surprised my dad with a fishing trip in the morning. If it's not your thing, that's fine. There's horseback riding and so many other things that you can do within Disney that it, it would just create one of those top, maybe a top ten moments for your own self or your own family, whatever it may be. Um, but this is one of the things my I introduced my dad to, and some of the best memories with him and I growing up were fishing together, and it was awesome. We met an incredible cast member, incredible. I can't even talk about it because it was so great. Um, yeah, just find those things to, that make those things top 10 things for you to do. There are definitely some awesome things, but yeah, sorry. Sorry, everybody. I know I'm rambling on, but hope everybody's doing great. Continue living every day to the best you possibly can and enjoy it each day because each day is definitely truly magical. And thanks, Lou, for everything that you do and help me through and help everybody else through. All right, everybody. <laughs> Stay magical out there. Bye. Hey, everybody. It's Chloe Willis calling back again from North Carolina. I just wanted to add in there, you really can't do anything you've set your mind to. Lou, you just said that in the podcast, and it's truly true. If you believe in it, if you want it, or you want to excel and do something incredible, you can do it. And I truly believe in that. And, Lou, you have definitely helped me to achieve some of those things in my life. I definitely wouldn't be here where I am and doing what I do each and every day if it wasn't for you. My love for Disney grows each and every day with you and with all of you and the Box People group, everybody out there. You guys are great. I know we haven't met before, but I feel like I'm starting to get to know you all, and I'm happy to be back in the States living here and hopefully meet to meet some of you all soon. But um, have a magical evening, day, night, wherever you are in this world, and truly believe you can do and achieve the incredible. Bye, everybody. ゴーストホストであるもう引き返すことはできませんぞ。全てはここから始まる。まずは私の一族を見るがいい。<笑>